0: Welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I am so excited that you have tuned into this episode because my guest today is easily one of the most requested guests you guys are constantly asking to have on this podcast. And I finally asked her to come on and she was so excited. Stephanie Mae Wilson is such a light in the internet world, in my opinion, and also like as a friend in real life. But she is such a just radiation of positivity and faith and like our relationships with Jesus and just talking about the real things, the things that aren't always fun to talk about or sometimes hard to talk about. She is talking about them and opening up space for the rest of us to do that. And so I am so, so excited to have her on today. Stephanie, say hi. Oh
1: my gosh. Hi. I'm (laughs) I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by your intro. Thank you, friend. I truly... (laughs) It's an honor to be here. I love you. I love your work. I love your show. I love your heart. You know, I tell you this all the time, but every time you and I have sat down to have a conversation, like whether it's over dinner or just, you know, randomly, I feel like God just like shows up in our conversation. And really, I have to say, the Girls' Night podcast, my show, had been in the back of my head for a long time. My husband had been telling me forever to like, you know, you should start a podcast. I think you'd really like it. (laughs) And it wasn't until you and I had dinner one night Oh, yeah, um, that like our conversation was so uplifting for me. Like, I just, I feel like as you're talking, like God's like whispering in my ear, all these things that I really needed to hear. And I was sitting there thinking, I wish I had a recording of this. Like, I wish <laughs> that I could share our conversation with other people. And I went home and I was like, all right, I need to start a podcast. So <laughs> I, I totally like, forgot about that. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like you can take like some serious credit for my show even <laughs> existing because- like I didn't realize how much I needed it and how much I wanted to share the conversations I was having until I had dinner with you. So.
0: That was so fun. I remember we went to a place that no longer exists, but which feels like very typical of Nashville. But we went to dinner and it was the first time we met up. We had mutual friends and stuff. But yeah, it was like what, like a two, three hour dinner. We just like shared our testimonies and our lives. And that was such a fun night. And you're right. I guess every time we've gotten together since, God has really... I don't know. He's done a lot. Obviously, as you've said, it's just he's done a lot of work. He's just kind of opened up a space once again for us to kind of meet him in a new way or see something different, go a little deeper. That's so funny. I totally forgot about
1: that. That I mean, (laughs) so truly I can picture it like clearly. Yeah. Well, what a
0: full circle moment now to have you on Wild Hearts. Like this is Um, so fun and long overdue. And I'm so excited that you're here. And I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the between places when we find ourselves in those kind of seasons or spaces that are kind of in between what is no longer, but also what is not yet. So I'm just really excited to get into it. But before we do, I have a couple just kind of introductory questions to ask you. Yeah. So we know who you are, <laughs> but do you want to share a little bit about what you do and maybe like a fun fact, what life looks like for you right now?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm Stephanie May Wilson and I'm an author and a podcaster and a speaker And my thing, my specialty, I guess, is helping 20 and 30 something women with their relationships. In my little corner of the internet, we talk about friendships. We talk about our relationships with God, our relationships with our significant others, and our relationships with ourselves. Hmm. And we do that. I have several books out. I have a podcast called Girls Night that we just kind of talked about, a couple online courses. I just... It's been the coolest thing for the last, you know, several years to have this really amazing community of women online and we're just kind of figuring life out together mm-hmm. because it's just so much easier and better mm-hmm. when we get to do it together. And so, I love the work I get to do. I'm super super honored to get to like be a cheerleader for such an incredible crew of women. My life right now, so I'm married mm-hmm. to a great guy named Carl who's just my best bud. He makes me laugh all the time. I just love the guy. And I'm actually pregnant with twins, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, It's like so weird saying that because I mean, it was just we'll talk about this today, I think, but it was a long journey to get here. And Mm -hmm. so if I sound like I'm huffing and puffing a little bit, it's because they are getting a lot bigger like by the day. And. Not giving my lungs like as much room as they used to have. <laughs> so if um, it sounds like I'm like walking upstairs, it's cause I constantly feel like I'm walking upstairs. And then a fun fact, I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, Oh shoot, what do I choose? Janine, I have never lost a dance off.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. What?
1: <laughs> like a, like a dance off with a person. Okay. Some of them have been kind of impromptu. Some of them have been, you know, more casual. Some of them have been like, like official, like where you have to sort of like register and enter and there's a prize and stuff. But I've I've never lost a dance off and I've been in several. So that's something that you might not have known about.
0: I ha yeah, no, I definitely didn't know about that. And is there video evidence of any of this?
1: I don't know. I mean it's possible. I think maybe better if there's not, you know like but but there there might be somewhere, somewhere deep on someone's cell phone somewhere, like at a wedding yeah. or something like that. But yeah. Um, I feel
0: like I need to challenge everyone to like, just do a do a deep dive and try and find that because oh I my would God. love it. That's a myth. <laughs> I, that is not something I would have ever expected.
1: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I do. So in growing up, I wasn't really on any like sports teams or anything. My thing was dance. And in high school, I was really, I was on my school's dance team. And that was like a really awesome, you know, really focused, really intense thing that I did for a long time. But the dance offs are like, definitely not <laughs> like pulling from my training at all. They're just fun. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not shy about accepting a challenge and, uh, and I tend to win. So just saying. That sounds like my dream.
0: That just sounds amazing. I love (laughs) dancing. I'm not great at it, but like, it's all about like, the heart behind it in my opinion so yeah. that's amazing it made
1: me less technique and like way more commitment like I'm just yes.
0: yeah oh that's hilarious that might be my favorite fun fact I've ever heard simply because it's I could not have ever anticipated that coming out of your mouth which is so funny that's awesome <laughs> so I know we already talked about how we know each other we basically met it was like halfway through on the internet halfway through a mutual friend yeah Okay. So that's how we met, which is really fun. Shout out to Caitlin. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one more question for you simply because, you know, if you've ever listened, which I know you have and you know my story, I love traveling and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. So where is your favorite place
1: you've ever been or maybe a
0: place you're hoping to go or both? I'm
1: going to do both because I can't pick. I'm like, I have just this crazy sense of wanderlust. I love, love, love travel. (laughs) I think that it's a kind of a gift from the Lord that I'm pregnant in a time where I couldn't travel anyway. Mm. This overlap of, you know, travel being just totally not an option. It's nice that it's not an option for two reasons in my life. It's making it a lot easier for me to accept (laughs) 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 because I would be so like itchy to, to hop on an airplane otherwise. So my very favorite place in the world is Sevilla in Spain. That's where I studied abroad in college. I just, it's just the best place. <laughs> the best place. So Sevilla in Spain is my favorite place. And the place that has been at the top of my list to travel to for years and years and years that I still haven't been is Bali. Oh, uh, yeah. I really yeah. want to go.
0: Yeah, I feel like it. that was like a hot place to go for. I can't believe I just said that. That just sounded weird coming out of my mouth, but it was like the cool place to go for a little bit. Yeah. I bet it's like a little bit well, obviously right now no one's traveling, but right. when things open back up, I feel like it's changed. You know, it's like every year there's like a new place. Like once it at one point it was Iceland and you know, it just kind of always changes where the cool places to go. So yeah. I feel like when travel opens back up, if you guys are able to yeah. and bring your suite sweet twins with you
1: you I know we you. may bring them we may just drop them. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. maybe we'll pop them in backpacks and see see how bothered with infant twins is <laughs> but maybe oh we'll you
0: know them. what yeah I did not think that through that flight would be a
1: lot <laughs> I mean I'm not ruling it out though I'm not yeah. I'm definitely not ruling it out I love stories of families who travel together yeah. and and I think it definitely takes commitment and it takes some creativity, but I'm willing to put in that time. So, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe not like right at first. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I would definitely say Bali's on my list. My list, I feel like just keeps getting longer. It's like, you know, I've, I've knocked off quite a few, but then it's just keeps growing. So, but well, Bali's even, like, definitely... you
1: knock off one and you're like, oh man, but I love that place. I want to go back. Like I'm totally a repeat customer. Oh my gosh. So my yeah. list will just like literally never end.
0: Yeah, I could not. Yep same. I mean, I did that. I I went to Europe for four months and saw all these amazing cities. And then I went back and I went to a lot of the same cities. Yeah. <laughs> but it was because I wanted more time. I was like, I want more than four days. I want to spend like a week in this place. And it was amazing. But I do. There are other parts of the world now that I'd like to go yeah. see. So anyway, I could talk about travel forever. Well, our topic today, I just want to dive right in because I'm really, really excited about it. I think that the What we deem as, you know, the in-between times of our lives, you know, like I said earlier, kind of in that you're not in what you were in, but you're not quite yet in what you're going to be in, even if you don't know what that is. I think those are sometimes they can feel like some of the hardest times in our lives. But I also think they have the potential to be the most fruitful. Yeah, I know that a lot of my post-college adult life, so the last almost 10 years, oh, 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of felt like a continuous stream of in-between places for me. Yeah. And so you just had a book come out. It's a journal and it's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. It's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. And I know that you personally have spent a lot of time wrestling with that in your life. Can you share a little bit about what that's looked like for you?
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited about this book. I feel like, I feel like anytime anytime you put the time and effort into writing a book, like, I mean, you love it. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that just because, because of the between place that my husband and I just got through ourselves, this Mm -hmm. book just means so much, just means so much to me right now. And I think because we all just really need, like, I feel like we're all in Mm -hmm. a between place right now in at least four ways in our lives. And so it just, yeah, it means so much to me to get to share this. So yeah, I mean, I feel like same, my post college life has been one between place after another. Like when, you know, I was a couple months from graduating college when I met Jesus, when I became a Christian in the first place. And as he does, he tends to flip our lives upside down or I guess probably rather right side up. And in the process, my I had been working towards a journalism career for Mm -hmm. years and years and years. I had been putting so much time and effort and internships and like training and all kinds of things into this career. And when I, like met and fell in love with Jesus, my heart for journalism totally disappeared just like overnight. And so I'm, you know, four months from graduating from college and I have no plan for my life. And so that was really like one of the first between places. Another one that was like really pretty major was when my husband and I started dating, we met because we went, we were working at a missions organization together, Mm -hmm. um, which was awesome. And we loved our work. We loved our jobs. And we thought, you know, we're going to get, engage soon. We're going to get married sooner. I guess we were engaged at this point. we're like, we'll just stay in these jobs for a while longer because we want to keep as much the same and steady in our lives as we can while we make this like giant transition into marriage. Mm. And I mean, like probably a few days after we said that, we were both <laughs> called into the office and and let go from our jobs. And mm. about a quarter of the company was laid off that day. They just didn't have the money to pay all of us. And so we lost our jobs three months before our wedding both of us, which was a very crazy between place. And then because of that, we also had to move because you know the organization was in a really small town north of Atlanta in Georgia. And so we had to figure out like, I mean, do we move to Atlanta? Do we move back to Denver where I'm from or Indianapolis where he's from? Do we move to a totally other city? Like we had a a napkin that had every city we were considering on it. And it was like all over the board and even all over the world. (laughs) We're like, maybe we just pick up and move to Spain or something. And so, you know, that was a huge between place. We're waiting to get married. We're trying to figure out our job situation. We're looking for a place to live. And then we moved to Nashville knowing like absolutely nobody. And Mm -hmm. we ended up taking both taking some sort of cobbled together jobs with a startup. So it was like I was working part time. Carl was like, you know, partially like a partner in the thing. I mean, it was just Mm -hmm. kind of threw together what we could find. And then about six months later, the startup just went under it. Just the whole thing fell apart. We lost our second set of jobs. So we lost four jobs between the two of us by our first anniversary. And that was just this massive between place for us. I think the one I I forgot to mention was when Carl and I started dating, we had both dated around a little bit. You know, I mean, we both like experienced all kinds of like life and we had done a lot of work in our own hearts and our own Mm -hmm. souls. And, and in our, you know, we, we, so when we met each other, we had a pretty clear idea of like, this person is someone special. And so we started talking about marriage really quickly. And, you know, I was so excited. Like, I feel like I met my person. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of a sudden, as we're like starting to make plans about marriage and moving forward, I started to get really scared because I realized that this was the biggest decision of my life so far. And I had, and I felt totally ill-equipped to make it because like I'd been in love before. I had like, my heart had led me into all kinds of like places and situations and relationships that like weren't the best. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, how do I know that this is... How do you know that this is the one? And people's advice is always like, well, you just know. And I'm like, I didn't just know. Like, how do you figure something like this out? And so that was a really long between place when we were dating was figuring out how do I begin to make a decision that's this life shaping of like who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And so I had to, I mean, I learned so much about Carl in the process, which was awesome Mm -hmm. and so helpful to just watch him, like how he treated me through that. Mm -hmm. And was really telling about his character and, and the kind of life we would have together. I, you know, I mean, I like was seeking God desperately. Like, how do I make a decision like this? And so that was a really long between place. And then, you know, kind of our most recent one is that, you know, we waited, a, we waited a long time to yeah. start trying to have kids. We've been married for six years now. Yeah. And for the longest time, I felt like we just weren't really ready. Like we, you know, we both are, you know, building big dreams at work Mm -hmm. and really enjoying our lives. And we both love travel and we love our friends and we love just uninterrupted time together. And so we knew that having kids would really change our lives in ways that like, I mean, even today, like I have, I can't picture it. I have no idea what's coming. (laughs) But, and so we really weren't ready for a long time. And again, that was another, like, how do you make the kind of decision of like, I'm ready to try to have a baby. Like that's a really big decision. (laughs) a really large, long between place. Yeah, but But then once we started trying, once we finally got some resolution there and like decided we're ready, we started trying and to our like shock kind of, it just wasn't working. Mm. And so we tried for about 14 months on our own and then started going to doctors and had all kinds of tests done. And it turns out that we are both totally, completely healthy. They cannot figure out why we couldn't get pregnant. And so we fit into this really like frustratingly small subset of the population that has literally, they call it unexplained infertility. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that that's (laughs) gives you a lot of like answers. And so we started doing different fertility treatments and tried all kinds of things. And then finally ended up doing IVF, which is in vitro fertilization and like just thankfully worked. And so now that we're pregnant with twins, which is so exciting and wonderful. And God's just nuts in the way that he orchestrated Mm -hmm. that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I really, I totally hear you. I feel like every moment since like a couple months before graduation has just been this massive between place. And even before that, like if you're going through a breakup or like a heartbreaker, you're trying to figure out if you're, you know, where you're going to college in the first place, or if you're, you know, picking a major or you're, or maybe you're in a job right now and you're like, this isn't what I want to do with my life, Mm -hmm. but what do I want to do with my life? Like, I just feel (laughs) like we all are asking so many questions. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out like where God is in the questions and what he wants for us is so trying and tricky. But you're right in that. So I think, I mean, for me, the sweetest parts of my life have happened because of those between places. And so it's, they've been really hard, but I'm also really grateful yeah. for them.
0: Yeah. Um, I can't, yeah. I feel like when I consider just adult life as it continues on, which I'm, I think I'm in denial that I'm like a real adult at this point, but I I think it's all about how you feel in your spirit anyway. But, you know, I feel like we're probably constantly going to run into in-between seasons because even once we get to the thing that we're in in the in-between of, once we get to that next thing, like there's going to be another in-between before the other next thing and the other next thing. And so that's why I think it is so important to kind of maybe flip our mindset a little bit and what we believe about those in-between times, because yeah, they're hard. There's no doubt about it. But if we can look to, honestly, if we can look to Jesus in them, obviously, it's going to be so much easier to get through. So that said, like, I think, yeah, I think a lot of what we deem hard in a between place is simply because there's a lot of unknown. And unknown is scary, right? Nobody we want we want control. Ultimately, we all want to kind of know what's coming, when it's coming, how we can be prepared for it. But that's simply not what life really is like. So what about the unknown in our lives can actually be really beautiful in your opinion?
1: I think that, you know, if we knew everything that was coming, I think like it just takes all of the sweetness out of life. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it sounds really good to be in control, but I think that what that ends up looking like is really rigid and really like Stepford sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. like at this Mm -hmm. date, I will have a baby in this date with like, we will (laughs) be like, it just, I think that the scary, scary things about life, the reason that life is scary is because it's wild. But the reason that life is beautiful is because it's wild. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, I always think of the Lord's prayer, like the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. And it says, give us this day, our daily bread. And I know for me, I want like a storehouse of bread, and I want a tally mm-hmm. of like how many days that bread can get me through. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I want to be working like seven years in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes God like works that way or lets us work that way. Like Joseph was able to store up to get you know Egypt through the famine. You know, like there there are examples of that. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we knew what was coming every day, like we just wouldn't, we just wouldn't need God. And like,
0: yeah.
1: I really, you know, when I'm looking back at all the between places, going through them, you're like, I wish that this wasn't happening. Like, I wish that this, I could just get through this. I wish I could sit down with God and like, have him tell me exactly what to do and exactly the game plan that I need to like, get from A to Z with the minimum amount of pain and suffering possible. But like, looking back, you know, it was in the worst, heart, worst and like, most extended heartbreak of my life a breakup with a guy that I totally thought I was going to marry. It was in that like total devastation and then like rebuilding of myself and my life that I became Mm -hmm. a Christian in the first place. And like, I just don't know if I ever would have reached out for Jesus without that. Mm -hmm. And every bit of my life, I mean, this is like putting it so lightly, but every bit of my life is so much better because of that. Yeah. And like if Carl and I hadn't lost all those jobs, neither of us ever would have started to do our own thing in life and work. And like mm-hmm. we both do work that we love. Like, you know, Carl has a branding and marketing company and like I get to do this. You know, this mm-hmm. is my job. And I n- neither of us ever would have taken the leap if we hadn't been like, you know, violently shoved out of the nest twice. <laughs> each, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so those those between places, like, those are where God has has grown the best parts yeah. of me, my favorite parts of me and my favorite parts of my life. The best things mm-hmm. of my life have come from from those between places and just wouldn't have been possible without them.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I totally agree. I've always, I shouldn't say always, because that's not true. In the last like two years, I have come to see like the in-betweens kind of can feel like dormant seasons where there's not a lot happening and you're just kind of sitting there and you're waiting. Maybe it's like a waiting season, right? And yet God is doing stuff. Like it might just be just below the surface where we can't see it. But then all of a sudden God like shows up in a way that I don't think if we had the the control and the foreknowledge that we think we want, you know, we wouldn't have been able to see him show up or we wouldn't have heard him or we wouldn't have, you know, heard him ask us to do something and then said yes. And that yes could have changed our lives. Like there's so much that can happen in the space that can feel really uncomfortable It's, I just think it's like almost like a breeding ground for God to do something really awesome.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, this is sort of a cliche example because I feel like everyone uses it, but it is kind of like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. (laughs) You know, like you're, it seems like nothing's happening in there, but you're being totally transformed. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about that with this, you know, fertility journey we've been on all, you know, for those two years, I was asking God, why is this taking so long? And like, Mm I couldn't find any answers. We couldn't find, it. And, and I didn't feel like he was, I didn't feel like he was setting me up to say, like, I don't have this for you. I mm. felt like he was like, I have this for you, but like, that was it. I didn't feel any reassurance of like what that was going to look like. I didn't know that we would be able to have our own biological kids. I didn't know what decade it would happen in. I mean, I didn't know anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm asking so many questions. And if I could have controlled this, I would have gotten pregnant that very first month because we had waited years to get to that point. But the thing that's so cool about it is that, you know, God was, it felt like he was silent and Mm. not answering my prayers for, you know, two years as we went through all of this. But when we finally went through IVF, this is a long story. I'm going to try to make it short, but um, we (laughs) ended up getting, we ended up having one healthy embryo at the end of the whole thing. Mm. IVF is a whole process of, of like medically and like kind of medicinally making your body make as many eggs as possible. And then they take all those eggs out and then they fertilize them in a lab and then they see which ones grow and then they, you know, see which ones are healthy and which ones they think are going to like, you know, survive so and, crazy. Your, and your help I know it's medicine was amazing. <laughs> and watching the process like happen in a lab, I'm like, how do people ever get pregnant? Like it is pregnancy is a miracle every single <laughs> time, no matter how it happens. But at the end of all of that, it's so expensive and painful and time consuming and like thought consuming. And I mean, it just is such a process that you're hoping you're going to have enough healthy embryos to really build your family. Like, you don't want to go through this again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have no idea what's going to happen once they put that sweet little embryo like back in you. You have no idea if you're going to actually, like, you could have a miscarriage and then you're, you know, back to the very beginning. And so I was so, I was grateful to have one little healthy embryo, but I was also really disappointed because it felt like we were Mm. teetering on the edge of like having to completely start over. And so, but we decided, you know, we're like, okay, like we're going to move forward. We're going to see what happens. And I mean, we had no, that was the natural next thing is we were going to see what happens. And it's really cool because we, you know, they, they put this one little embryo in us or in me. And four weeks later we found out, or I guess it was two weeks later we found out I was pregnant And so that was super exciting. I had no idea that that's Mm -hmm. where this was headed. Like I had no clue, Mm -hmm. no whisper from the Lord. Like, I mean, it depended on the minute. I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I don't know. And so we found out we were pregnant. And then we went in for our first ultrasound two weeks later and the doctor's like, you know, doing the ultrasound and he's, you know, pointing at the screen to Carl and he's like, Hey, so do you see this? This is the baby. And then this is a little heartbeat. And and then, you know, he's almost done with the ultrasound before he moves the little thing around one more time. And he goes, ah, uh, OK, so do you see this? And Carl's like, yeah. And he's like, OK, so this is this is a baby and this is the heartbeat. And then he like moves it back and goes, do you see this? <laughs> this is the baby. This is the heartbeat. And so he, and I mean, he like double checked a whole bunch of times to make sure he was really seeing double. Um, <laughs> and he was. And I mean, it's crazy because people always ask like, you know, do twins run in your family? And my grandmother, my my grandmother who I just adored was an identical twin, but identical twins never run in families. They're not genetic at all. They cannot be passed down. They can't be constructed through medicine or IVF or anything like fraternal twins happen more often through IVF. Uh Fraternal twins can get passed down, but identical twins are literally always an act of God. And so God took our one little embryo after two years of it feeling like he was just not answering my prayers and just being really, really quiet. And then he stepped in a way where he made himself so known, like that could not have happened any other way. He took one little embryo and made it two baby girls. And I just like, it is just the coolest thing I've ever seen him do. Mm -hmm.
0: That is crazy.
1: Isn't that nuts? (laughs) That
0: is so crazy. Okay. Well, so... Since you brought up IVF, I'm going to I'm going to go with a different question. I'm going to go in a different order really quick. I know that as you've shared, you you wrote the majority of the between places while you were on this journey. But I know it was a struggle, right? You had a struggle in there where trusting God wasn't as easy. So what was it like writing a book about trusting God while you were simultaneously struggling to even do that?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that I think that writing the prayer journal helped me in a lot of ways because it helped me like, so, I mean, as we're going through this, I found myself kind of in the same place that I found myself in, in every other between place. I'm frustrated. I feel stuck. I'm heartbroken in, you know, in some way, shape or form. Um, I feel like God is not doing what I want him to do, which is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, a little bit feel abandoned by him and, and I'm just, yeah, I'm just really confused. Mm -hmm. And in all, like every other time I've felt this way, I've gone through kind of a similar process where I end up like, it's kind of easy to trust God at the beginning. You're like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then the longer something goes on, the more you're like, okay, (laughs) like I expected you to step in here like Mm -hmm. a while ago. So where are you now? And I think that the question I always come back to is like, do you even care? Like, do you even care about me? And do you have a plan? Because I believed that you have a plan, but now I'm just not totally sure. And in those moments, I've noticed that very few things help me when people like platitudes or like encouragement from people where they're like, everything happens for a reason. Like anything that goes on a bumper sticker, anything you see on Pinterest, like those things do not help me because Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm walking on such slippery rocks at that point. Like I'm, t- I, life feels so unsteady, but beneath my feet. And I feel so disappointed by what I was, by not having, like by the fact that what I wanted to happen hasn't happened. But yeah. I need something stronger than that. Mm-hmm. And so I always, I mean, in every between place, like, you know, wondering what God wanted me to do with my life, losing our jobs, trying to figure out if Carl was the person I was supposed to marry, trying to figure out if we were ready to have a baby, wondering why it wasn't working. I always end up back in my Bible, almost having, in a way, having kind of burned my faith down. Like being like, wait a minute. Okay, I can't even remember anything. Like, God, I can't remember who you say you are. I can't, like, just, I just need to start over. Can we just, can we go back through this from the beginning? Mm -hmm. And I find myself being, asking like, God, who are you? Who do you say you are? And -hmm. not who do other people say you are? Who do you say you are? And then who do you say I am? And then what do you say about the future? Like, what do you actually promise me? Not Pinterest quotes, not out of context Bible verses. Like, I want to know what your word says I can count on. Um, mm-hmm. And I end up sort of building, kind of building my faith back up in every between place. But it's, it's really been the coolest thing because every time I've done that, like, I just feel like my trust in God gets stronger. Yeah. Um, and so that's a lot of what I was doing. And then as I was doing that, I started writing down the verses that I was finding and the truths that were actually bringing me comfort. And that's kind of how, how the between places started. And another thing that really helps me is looking back at where God has been faithful in the past. Yes. And mm-hmm. I just, I cannot look at my life and go like, <laughs> I, like he's dropped the ball. Like there's just mm-hmm. never been a moment where he's dropped the ball. He's, he's like held on to the ball a lot longer than I wanted <laughs> to sometimes, but like he always pulls it off. He always, always has something better than I could have planned on my own. And, mm. and so I think that, you know, that's another thing that I really held on to throughout this whole thing. And so in writing the between places, I'm thinking like, okay, where has God shown up in the past? How do I know he's faithful? Like what things do I need to hear in this season? Like what is actually bringing me comfort? And so I think, you know, writing the book was really, really helpful for me. Because it just, yeah. it reminded me of who God is and who he's been for me in the past. And just, you know, the same God who came through for me then is is going to come through for me this time. And and he did.
0: Yeah. The whole practice of remembering all the ways that he has provided and been faithful in the past has helped me so many times in when I've had another moment of like unknown or in between. I was in college, I think, and a friend at the time, uh, something had happened and God had provided in some way. And he said, you need to write this down. And you need to like keep a list of Ebenezer's, essentially, that you can go back to and be reminded of all the ways that God answered prayers or he provided or he opened up a new opportunity. And so I started doing that, yeah, gosh, probably 10 years ago. And ever since, whenever I have those moments of, you know, Doubt or wrestling or struggling. And I'm not saying it always makes it like hunky-dory once I look through it, but it's so helpful to just be reminded that like he hasn't forgotten and he hasn't dropped the ball ever in the past. So his track record is pretty good. And there's not really a a reason to be worried or fearful that all of a sudden he's not going to show up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I know that there's probably someone listening who's like, I'm really new in my faith. Like I haven't, I haven't seen God do very much in my life yet or that I can like really recognize. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was so helpful for me at first was seeing how God had worked in my friends' lives. And it was like, I didn't totally know him to be faithful for me yet, but Mm -hmm. I could look at, you know, my best friend, Michelle, and see all these ways that he had just transformed her and, and just shown up for her and been so, like taking such great care of her. And so for a while, I feel like Michelle's testimony sort of held me up. And that's why I think testimony is so important is because when we can remember or hear about what god has done in someone else's life it's yeah. such a good reminder that the same god who loves her that much that's capable of that in her life that same god loves you that much and is capable of big things like that in your life too and so i think yeah if you're if you're in a place where you're like i don't know if i've seen god like i don't know if we we don't have that track record yet you can borrow mm-hmm. mine you can borrow oh, yeah. mine you can borrow any of your friends, you can borrow anybody's. Just remember that like that same God loves you exactly as much and is mm-hmm. capable of that, like exactly as much in your life.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. And so true. Truly. I know that your test, I remember that first night we got together, we shared our testimonies and it was one of those, like, I felt like I was encouraged by your story and your faith and the way God had provided in your life up to that point. And I would assume it was probably the same on your end. So, yeah, it's so true. We can borrow from one another's journeys and faith and relationships with the Lord. Well, that said, too, like when we're in an in-between season, obviously getting into the word. Well, we should be doing that all the time, but I'll be the first to admit that I am very bad at it. (laughs) But when I am in it, it does help. Like, I feel like I always see God more in the everyday when I'm actually spending time in in his word, because I'll be reminded of something I read like later in the day that I'd read earlier that day in the morning, or I'll hear him in in different ways simply because I'm prioritizing the presence, which I know is actually, I think that's what we talked about on the one of the episodes I did on your podcast, which I should probably go back and listen to because it would probably be very (laughs) encouraging to me in this season. (laughs) But what role can prayer play in our lives in an in-between season?
1: I think that it it helps us like, it reminds us that we don't have to do things alone. Mm-hmm. You know, when we can, when we can curl up with God at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or randomly throughout the day, mm-hmm. like, it just reminds us that this hard thing that we are in the midst of, we are not in it by ourselves. We have the best teammate ever on our side and in our corner. And I think that, you know, spending that time with him reminds us of that and makes it so that mm-hmm. we can actually get through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time you know, so I mean, prayer journaling is a huge part of my life. It always has been. I love spending that time with God. I love having just really honest, candid conversations with him. And in the same way that like, you know, every time you and I talk, our relationship grows every time I talk to God and the more honest I can be with him, the closer I feel to him and the more our relationship and my faith in him grows. But there have been also times during, you know, really tough between places where I haven't been able to prayer journal the same way, I think we, you know, I, I think you might, we might be about to talk about this, but there was a time a couple of years ago where I found myself in a really deep anxiety and depression yeah, um, for a while there. And I was so like, I just felt like I was drowning in my head and I, w- I felt like I was so far underwater. I couldn't, I didn't have any perspective. I couldn't like formulate my thoughts. I couldn't really ask for help in the way that I normally would. Um, and mm-hmm. it was weird because it was like this time when I desperately needed God was a time when I couldn't reach out to him the same way I always did. But I just, I, I needed to not like spend more time in my head than necessary. And so prayer journaling mm-hmm. wasn't that helpful for me in that season. But something that was really helpful, which I share in in the book, is that I ended up writing down a list of prayer requests. And it was mm-hmm. it was just a list. It was things I went through in my head and my heart and my life and gathered up everything that I knew I needed God's help with that I just could not carry on my own. And I I just made a long list of, God, Mm -hmm. will you please do this? Will you please do this? Will you please help me with this? Will you please heal this person? Will you please whatever? And every day for the longest time, I would go for a walk and I would have my list in hand. I had it on a piece of paper and I would read my list out loud. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I would elaborate on the prayers, but other times I would just pray them. And it was so comforting to me to know that every day, like systematically, I was taking these things that were weighing me down and handing them over to the one person who could actually do that with them. Mm -hmm. And so it just it just lifted this weight off of me. And being able to just read them like provided me that comfort and that like strength mm-hmm. of knowing that I was handing all these things over to God without having to mine through the mess of my heart and my mind at that point. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was so cool about it was that I got to see God answer so many of those prayers, yeah. like mm-hmm. specifically. Like I would be praying that he would show up in you know, so-and-so's life, that he would just really reveal himself to them, that he would like, yeah. And then I would get a text from that person that was like, hey, I ended up listening to this sermon, which I would like never do, but it actually (laughs) really spoke to me. And do you know of any resources for how to start reading the Bible or, you know, something like that? And I'd be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) next to my prayer request for this person, I would write down, you know, what had just happened. And that was so comforting to me, you know, for so many reasons. But one of them was that while I was doing this, I still was really suffering myself. And it was really helpful though to see that the same God who was answering all these other prayers, like, even though I was still suffering so much that he, like, even though he hadn't like relieved my suffering yet, that he could, you know, yeah. it, it just, it reminded me that he cares enough mm-hmm. to answer our prayers and that our prayers matter and they're powerful. Scripture tells us that our prayers are powerful and that that God hears them and that, you know, we like, he'll give us what we ask for. Mm-hmm. Um And so yeah, I mean, prayer just helps in so many ways. It's so, it's, it's like going through, I don't know, like it's, it's just gathering up all the junk in your heart Mm -hmm. and, and asking for the help that you need and just realizing you don't have to do it alone.
0: Yeah. I am also some, I'm someone who I process best through writing and I get more distracted when I'm not writing. So I have found that oftentimes when I'm in, you know, a, space where I really need to focus in on prayer, I write it down. So prayer journaling is yeah. the easiest way for me to pray, honestly. I'm not I'm just not good at doing it audibly. I get so distracted. But a huge benefit to that, other than, you know, being able to stay focused is that then you can go back and read the things that you prayed about or prayed for or the or the yeah. situations you prayed for and see how God showed up. Yeah. It's just like tangible evidence that he hears our prayers. Yeah which is so beautiful. And I think that's a really cool thing about your book is it's a journal. Like you're prompting me as I'm working through it and anyone else who uses it, you're prompting us to to journal and essentially write out prayers, which is so beautiful. And it those are going to, I mean, I don't know. I'm just really expectant that I'm going to be able to look through what I'm writing now, you know, six months, a year, 10 years from now and see what God did. Yeah. Like you are creating, I think that's so cool. You have created a space for women or men, whoever buys the book, but you've created a space for people who love the Lord to be able to look back and see how he provides, therefore creating Ebenezers where that we'll be able to look back on for the rest of our lives. And I just think that's really beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So I know you just mentioned that you did have that season where you did struggle with anxiety and depression. I have a question around that. What are some What are some normal things to kind of feel in the midst of uncertainty? Um, which I know often can be a a big proponent for anxiety. Um, and then how do, how can we know when it's time that we need to ask for help?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. My season of anxiety was really surprising for me because, well, first of all, like both anxiety and depression run deep in my family, like on both Mm -hmm. sides. You know, it's very much like, Passed down in my family. and um, I come by it honestly. And for the longest time, I didn't think I struggled with either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that when, you know, since probably college, like my life has been moving so fast that it made sense that I was anxious. You know, it, it made, and, and like I was so busy that I totally, I didn't completely have the time and the space to recognize what was going on in my brain. And so I really just, I didn't, I didn't recognize it. But then, you know, a couple of years ago, life slowed down a little bit, you know, like we stopped losing so many jobs. We weren't trying to get pregnant yet. Like life, you know, we were kind of in this, this lull season and life was a lot more stable and a lot more calm. And I expected my mind and my heart to follow suit and it didn't. And it, the thing that was crazy was that the quieter my life got, the more ramped up my anxiety in, in my head was yeah. because I could all of a sudden sort of hear it. And it was weird because, you know, I think a lot of times we, 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 yeah, we expect anxiety or depression to be prompted by something. And for me, it totally wasn't. Like nothing in my life was, the things that were going on in my head were not at all connected to the things that were happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was one like pretty telling thing for me. And so, you know, what started to happen is that I just, I was just struggling and I was struggling with things that felt little, but they or that were a little bit felt really big to me like i would say something wrong in a friendship and i would like ruminate on it for weeks i would beat myself up about it for weeks i would have to make a decision that was like a simple yes or no and i felt like the world was going to end on either side of that decision i just couldn't do it or you know there were times like so and then the thing that was crazy was that the longer that went like unchecked so i'm going through this and i'm starting to notice like more and more things are kind of stacking up that are just like weighing me down in my head. I'm feeling less and less able to kind of cope with my own thoughts. And so I started doing what I thought made sense. Like I started going to counseling, I was exercising, I was spending time with friends, like I was doubling down on self-care, getting lots of sleep, eating better, you know, things like that. But no matter what I was doing, like it's it was getting worse despite all of those things. And then the longer that like this went on, kind of the, the further and further I got into it, um, de- depression started to show up. And it felt like, I mean, I was like, I felt like I was like grieving. Like, I felt like I had lost someone really, really important to me. Like, I felt like I had a broken heart and nothing in my life had happened to make me feel that way. And so kind of at that point, life was becoming pretty unmanageable for me. Like, I just was, I was struggling so much that not like nothing, I, no way I tried to like duct tape myself back together was helping and not even the help of friends or family or a counselor. And so that's when I started to recognize like maybe something is going on like more chemically um, in my brain. And so I reached out to this really, really awesome psychiatry practice here in Nashville. It's called the Center for Hope and Healing and was able to get an appointment and they put me on some medicine that has helped me tremendously. And I'm still on it today because I really do think, I think that depression was sort of like anxiety's like obnoxious sidekick that kind of came along for the ride Because depression hasn't usually been a struggle for me. But when I look back at my life, I think anxiety has been there all along. And I just Mm -hmm. was moving so fast that I didn't recognize it. And so that's what happened for me. And, but I do think that like, you know, there are, there's situational anxiety and there's situational depression. And I think we're all feeling that right now, especially Mm. right now, because our world just flipped upside down. Like we just have all lost so much. Mm-hmm. Life is so confusing and so scary and so hard. And so I think that if you're feeling, you know, depressed, if you're feeling anxious, like those feelings are really normal for what we're going through right now. Yeah. I think that if you find that they're going on, like that they're not getting better, if nothing's helping, you know, if you're if you're trying to kind of take care of yourself, you're like, you know, maybe turning off the news sometimes or you're, you know, making sure you are connecting with friends, even if you can't do it in person or you know, things like that if you are taking care of yourself and truly nothing is helping or if it's just getting to the point where you're like, I'm pretty miserable here, then you can absolutely ask for help. You can absolutely ask for help. There is absolutely no shame in that. I think what I discovered through all that was that like, I always thought that if I did struggle with anxiety or depression, that I'd be able to like think my way out of it or something for you I kind of felt that way. But the thing I didn't recognize or or give enough credit to is the fact that when you are struggling with your mental health, your thinker is broken. And mm. so the thing that would pull you out of something like that would pull you out of this is actually the thing that is broken right now. Mm. And I, I mean, I just literally couldn't. And so just know like this is, it's super common. It can be hereditary. It can be situational. Even situational depression or anxiety can totally, like you can totally ask for help for those things. It doesn't have to be something you've struggled with for your whole life. Like there are times when we're going through things that we just need like an extra leg up and there is no, there's no shame in asking for help. It's really, really important, especially Mm -hmm. in times when it feels like the world is like orchestrated around, like when it feels like every single thing is designed to increase our anxiety right now.
0: (laughs) So true. Oh my gosh. Well, I have a couple more questions for you because I just think that this topic is so important and obviously timely. And, you know, it's also just something I think that we go through multiple times in our lives. So I would love to hear from you. You have walked through a lot of Between Places, as you shared. And you've said that if you were given the choice, you'd still walk through all of those things all over again, even when they were as hard as they were. So why is that?
1: So I think part of it is that, you know, I really do feel like I have seen God the most clearly in those seasons. Mm -hmm. And that's something I just, I couldn't trade. I've seen him do amazing things in my life and through my life because of those seasons. He has grown me like the best parts of myself, the things that I cherish the most about who he's created me to be have been formed Mm -hmm. during those times. And really, yeah, the best parts of my life wouldn't exist without those things. And so that's, I mean, a huge part of it. But then The other thing is that when we've gone through something, if we're paying attention, Mm -hmm. then we are equipped to be the exact right person that someone else is going to need when they're walking through that thing too. Mm -hmm. So like if you've gone through the loss of a parent, your experience of going through that, the things that you learned the hard way, the things you learned about God, the things that like kind of carried you through even just the understanding of what it actually feels like to go through something like that, that makes you the exact right guide for someone who's going to go through that after you. And I think that I'm i am really seeing that in my life. I, I mean, I've seen it in all different times, like going through job loss, I end up being the first person that people call when they lose a job because I've been there and I don't take that lightly. Like that's such a gift. Even right now, you know, I have friends and, and, you know, girls night listeners and, Readers and, and people who are about to go through IVF or who are in the midst of their own fertility struggle. And I just, the beauty of getting to sit with them and to know what it's actually like and to just help them know that they're not alone. Like, I would go through these, these things all over again if it meant that my people didn't have to go through them alone. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's easier to say, like, in theory or when you're not in the midst <laughs> of it, but yeah. I've just, it's happened enough times that, yeah. and I've got, like, God has used these things in big enough ways that like, I really am willing to walk through hard stuff. If it mm-hmm. means that one, I get to see him so clearly in my life that he grows me so much and does such beautiful things, but also that like my people don't have to do this alone when it's there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, for any, anyone who might find themselves in an in-between season, like, or space in their lives, like, you know, For anyone who's listening who might find themselves in an in-between season or kind of space in their lives, like this might sound really great, but they might not be feeling it, you know? They might not be like, yeah, 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 I'll just hold on to X, Y, Z while I get through this. But honestly, you can borrow from kind of like what you said earlier, borrowing the faith of friends and family and loved ones, like borrow from those of us who have been through either the same or similar spots and know what that unknown feels like, know what that struggle feels like. And like, lean into that, lean into those people around you who might be able to speak into it. And yeah. And ask for, ask for help, ask for prayer, ask for support. Those things are so important. Thank you for sharing so much of your life and your in-betweens with us today. Like, cause that's vulnerability and vulnerability isn't easy. But it's so beautiful and it really does open up space for the rest of us to be vulnerable as well, which is such a beautiful thing. And I think God absolutely loves that because it means we're bringing things that are difficult into light. And that is where He can do so much. And so thank you for sharing so much of your life with us.
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking and thank you for having me. And I mean, it really is just a gift to get to talk about the things He's done, especially because, because you're exactly right. I know that my Like I've gotten through some of these really hard things by seeing how God showed up for other people. And so anytime I get to be like, listen, I promise he is faithful. I promise he hasn't forgotten you. Like I promise he has not dropped the ball and he's not going to drop the ball. Like you can trust him. He loves you. He's with you. He has not forgotten you. You can trust him even right now. And even with this.
0: Even with this. I love just those three words. Even with this. God is with you and for you and can carry you through. Oh, that's so good. Stephanie, this has been so great. I'm not done yet. So I have a couple more questions for you. But wow, this topic, it's like heavy and light all at the same time, if that makes sense. Yep. It's just like you, you're you going into some deep spaces and some hard spaces and you know places where people are uncomfortable and might not want to talk about it. But at the same time, we bring God into that and it becomes not necessarily easier, but so much more. Purposeful, I yeah. guess is the best way I say it. Purposeful and beautiful. And and again, it just becomes this ground for so much growth and for him to show up in ways that, you know, are unexpected and beautiful and wonderful. Ah, so good. Oh, well, I have a couple more questions for you, just to round out our episode. I ask of of all guests on the show. So I'm really excited to hear your answers. We didn't go over these beforehand. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Um okay. Knowing what you know now at I don't know how old you are thirty thirty oh my gosh, I was right, look yeah. at that okay, so knowing what you know now at thirty two what would you tell I yourself think I'm 32. at, at thirty two I know I don't know time's pretty irrelevant right now yeah. so
1: <laughs> no i'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure of thirty two okay.
0: okay, so knowing <laughs> what you know now, what would you tell yourself at age twenty?
1: Don't drink too much <laughs> and like that, stop dating that guy and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all kinds yeah. of things yeah. like that. I think that really one of the biggest things though. And I I say this a lot is, you know, my life changed so much when I got to know Jesus, first of all. And that was like, you know, right after I turned 20. It was when I was 21. But part of that, and I think that a lot of what made me feel safe enough to go on that like quest of asking, like, what do I believe? And, you know, what do I want out of life? And where am I going? And like, you know, just really big life questions was that at the time I was surrounded by some really safe friends. And Leading up to that, you know, I mean, I, in high school, middle school and high school and college, I'd had some really good friends, some, you know, great people who were there for me kind of throughout. But then I also had some really, a lot of my like everyday friends were really great people. But I think the structure of our friendship wasn't like, I love you no matter what, you know, it wasn't like, I'm here for you no matter what, I'm in your corner, you can be exactly who you need to be, and I'll love you for it. Like it, it just, I felt like I had to really tread water a lot. In my friendships. Mm -hmm. um, In a lot of them, throughout like a lot of my life. And so when I ended up studying abroad in in Spain, I ended up with my best friend Michelle, who was a really good friend of mine at the time. And and I'd known her for years, but we got so much closer on that trip. And then another girl, Kelsey, who I didn't know very well, but again, who's like one of my best friend like my best friend to the two of them. And they had been taught a lot about friendship. They really knew how to be really, really safe, really good friends, like love you no matter what kind of friends. Mm-hmm. And getting to be around them for four straight months was so healing for me. And I feel like just opened up, like their safety allowed me to blossom and allowed me to be messy and allowed me to work through a lot of the stuff I was going through and allowed me to ask big questions that led me to like Jesus. And so all of that to say, I would go back and tell myself at age 20 and 12 and you know 26 and all kinds of different ages you do not have to be friends with people who are mean to you yep like you just you get to pick your friends and if you are if you are friends with people who do not make you feel good about yourself or who like talk about you behind your back or who you don't feel like are really in your corner or who make you feel like you need to be different in order to like fit in or things like that like there are other women in this world who will be safe friends for you Um, You do not have to be friends with people who are mean to you. And I think that when we can have really safe, really good friends around us, it gives us this fence, this safety in which we can like actually grow into the best versions of ourselves. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a really big thing i tell myself.
0: That is so true at any age or stage in life. Yeah. I definitely feel like I've learned that more as I've become older. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in denial about age, but yeah, definitely. You get to a point where you're like, oh, I don't have to put up with
1: this. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier when you're not in school with someone, you know? So, So, like, it's a little different when, like, the person's your roommate. Mm -hmm. Trickier. But I guess if you're in a situation like that right now, I'll say it gets better. Yes. You won't always be trapped with people. You know, you get to choose a lot more as you get older and have more independence. But yeah, just decide carefully who you want to have around you, and you will be so much better. And every part of your life gets to grow so much more fully when the people that are around you are like actually in your corner and actually Yes. Yes, That is
0: solid, solid advice, everybody. Okay. Who or what is inspiring you lately?
1: Taylor Swift is inspiring (gasps) me lately. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really, I really like her. I think she's just an incredible artist. Um, She's an incredible songwriter. She has this ability of like feeling things deeply, which is brave. And then putting those things into words that make us feel known. And I love that.
0: I'm convinced if she had an Enneagram number, which she does, but if we knew what it was, it would be a three with a four wing. Hardcore. Because okay. like the feelings are like, she goes very deep in feeling, but she's, I don't know. She gets a lot. I don't know. I love her. Anyway. But yes, She's also
1: continue. an incredible businesswoman. Like, yes. and that is so, like she's amazing. The things she's been able to create like her business sense, like she is a savvy, like just incredible, incredible, like powerhouse of a woman. Yes. Yes. So yeah, Taylor Swift. big fan. Yeah, I
0: couldn't agree more. Her latest album uh, that just came out last month, this month. I don't even know when it came out, but I am like in love with it. It's so different than anything she's done. It's a little reminiscent
1: of an older album, Mm -hmm.
0: but like, I just think it's, her storytelling abilities are just unmatched, yeah. in my opinion, especially. And
1: right word wordsmithing. like I'm like, how does she... I mean, she just has the ability to string words together in a way that, like, has. I mean, I'm a writer, you're a writer, and I look at that and I'm like, how do you?
0: Do? <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> it is incredible. pretty incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got one more
0: question for you because this podcast is called Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm often sitting down with friends and talking about different topics that. Mostly my friends are much more eloquent about or have more experience with. But in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart?
1: When I picture someone who has a wild heart or who is a wild heart, I picture a woman who's just totally herself and like exactly who God created her to be, having taken off all of the junk that like of like who she's supposed to be. You know, she's yeah. done the work. She's, she's gone through the process of peeling that stuff back off. And she's just her and like, she's kind of funky and like who she is and what she wears or what she enjoys or how she talks or, you know, what her passions are. Like I just more and more, the more women I get to see and get to know and get to be friends with, the more I'm just totally like head over heels obsessed with us. Like I just think we're the best and and I love seeing how differently and uniquely God has created each one of us. Yeah. And the beauty that comes when someone is just fully themselves in all the best and weirdest and coolest and most unique ways like it's just it's stunning and it's world-changing and so to me that's what a wild heart looks like
0: oh I love that answer it's beautiful and yeah I agree just like fully stepping into the skin of who you are and who you were made to be which is so much easier said than done
1: right
0: but Uh, when we yeah, yeah go for that
1: a lifelong process for sure.
0: Yes, lifelong process. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that picture of just like letting go of all the other stuff, what the world says we should be or even what like my family says our lives should look like. Even the like expectations we've put on ourselves that might not be fully what we're supposed to step into. I love that. That's a beautiful picture. Thank you. Huh. I feel like I, I'm on my journey toward that. So I, I, we all are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, this has been wonderful. I am so glad to have finally had you on the podcast for no other reason than I just took too long to ask. (laughs) But this has been such a gift and you you are such a gift to so many. Thank you for, again, opening up space to talk about the real things and always pointing us back to Jesus in the midst of that, even when it's hard. Thank you for writing this book. I am in love with it. First of all, it's just aesthetically very pleasing. It's gorgeous. But also, I mean, I've been working on it for the last few days and I'm already seeing just like themes come through and things that I I am very aware God wants to work on in my life and with me. And I'm just really glad that you said yes to writing this book because I think it's going to do a lot of really great life-changing things in the lives of the people who, who get their hands on it. So that being said, where can people find you and where can they get this book?
1: Yes. Um, well, first of all, thank you. I love you so much. I, I <laughs> You were such a gift to me and I'm super honored to be on the show. I'm just such a huge fan of you. And okay, so the book, I think the easiest place to find me is actually probably Instagram at S. May Wilson, M-A-Y, S. Wilson on Instagram. And I mean, that's sort of like a I don't know, like kind of a train depot. Like the my (laughs) profile has links to everything and the Between Places is in there and my podcast is in there and just all kinds of things like, you know, free books and just all anything I can help you with, all the links are in there. So yeah, I would say Instagram is a really great spot and I would love to get to know you.
0: Yes, and if you're not already, make sure you're following her. She has really amazing content and books and courses and so much really great stuff that I'm sure would be just a blessing to all of you who are listening so stephanie thank you so much for being on the show it has been such a joy and such an honor i adore you to pieces and i'm so excited for this journey that you're on and for these sweet babies that are coming soon i can't wait for i can't wait for that next season for you guys oh
1: thank you friend thank you again for having me <laughs>
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that you guys enjoyed my conversation with Stephanie and are walking away similar to the way I'm walking away. And that's, Filled with a new, renewed sense of hope and faith in spite of liminal seasons or in between places we might find ourselves in. Make sure to give Stephanie a follow on Instagram if you don't already and seriously get a copy of her new journal, The Between Places. I have been going through it for the last few weeks and I'm absolutely loving what it's doing to my morning time routine, one, but two, my relationship with Jesus. It has been so wonderful. So definitely make sure to check that out. The link is in the bio for this episode. All right, you guys, we will be back in two weeks. I'm going to be sitting down with my friend Katya, who's actually a friend that I met while solo traveling. We met in Rome. She was also solo traveling. And we are going to be talking about, go figure, solo traveling. (laughs) So we will see you back here in two weeks, you guys. I can't wait. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.